Welcome, CE family. We are so glad that you're here with us today. So I've been loving the new trending series, and today we're also celebrating all the moms joining us for Mother's Day. Speaking of trending, you heard some of these trending mom phrases? Okay, let's hear them. Well, here's the first one. I hate when I'm waiting for mom to cook dinner, and then I remember, I am the mom. I'm the one that's got to cook dinner. <laughs> that's hilarious. What else you got? Well, parenting is one obstacle after another. But literally, because no one ever puts anything away. So true. Here's one. Silence is gold. Unless you have kids, then silence is suspicious. Nice. This cracks me up, man. When my kids act up in public, I like to yell, wait till I tell your mom. I could totally relate to that since we had five kids in my family when I was growing up. Okay, give us one last trending mom statement. I don't want to sleep like a baby. I want to sleep like my husband. <laughs> I love that. Moms and ladies in the room, we appreciate everything you do. So one of the trends right now is for moms to take interest in interior design to make their home a haven. So we have succulents for all the moms and ladies to take home today. Know that we appreciate you and all that you do. Now, before we dive into the rest of our service, I just wanted to welcome any VIPs. Those are our first time guests. We would love to get to know you. Go ahead and pull out your phone and scan the QR code on the screen so we can get connected. Or you can always fill out the response card on the bottom of your weekly and drop it in the offering bucket as it passes by. I know some of you are wanting to get connected by going to first class, getting baptized, or joining a life group. Just scan the code or fill out the response card and we'll get a hold of you too. Josh, did you know that we have first class next week at every CE campus? You do not want to miss it. Go ahead and write that on your digital or in-person response card. All right, guess what time it is. It's time to see what's trending next at CE. search the world Oh, but I couldn't fail Man's empty praise and treasures that fail are never enough Oh, then you came along and brought me back together and every desire is now satisfied here in love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you.
Lord, we just praise you today. Father God, we're just so thankful, Lord, that you're so powerful. You're so mighty, Lord. You're the only one who can move mountains, who can raise the dead to life, who can bring bones into armies, Lord. Father God, I just pray that today you would raise whatever is dead in us to life, Lord. Bring it back to life, Father God. You're the only one who can. And Lord, we just, we just praise you and honor you. We just pray that your message would speak to us today. Speak to our hearts, Lord. We, we ready ourselves for your word today, Lord. We just thank you. And it is in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. Welcome to week number two of our trending teaching series, and happy Mother's Day. Moms, we are so thankful that you're here with us today. Uh, you're a blessing in our lives, and happy Ladies' Day to all you women, because we know that some of you want to be moms, and you either haven't found the right guy yet, or you're married, and you're praying to have kids, and it hasn't worked out. And so, ladies, happy Ladies' Day. Mothers, this is your day. Happy Mother's Day. We value you so much, and I mean, I value the, the mothers in my life. Uh, my mom is still one of my best friends to this day and get to talk to her and my dad each week. I'm so thankful for that and raised me and um, blessed my life in so many different ways. And, and then the mother that, that God brought into my life, uh, Jennifer, the mother of our four kids, uh, so thankful for her. She's such a blessing. And, you know, the other day we were, we were hanging out with our children around the kitchen table and one of the kids brought her phone to her and, and looked at her and said, let me see that pretty face. And, and I was like, oh, that is so sweet. I, I think your mom does have a pretty face. You know, I'm thinking about how amazing it was. And, and Jen looks at me like, no, no. They said, let me see your pretty face because they want to play a game on my phone and they want me to unlock my phone with facial recognition. Let me see your pretty face. <laughs> Moms, you put up with a lot and uh, we're so thankful for you. And, and I was kind of thinking about how this whole idea of facial recognition is really what unlocks the usefulness of your phone, right? I mean, if you have a newer phone, that's what gets you in and allows you to use it. It's useful. And it's what unlocks the usefulness of your phone. Psalm chapter 27, verse 8 says, Your face, Lord, I will seek. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Seeking God's face in prayer and dependence is what unlocks the usefulness of your life to God's kingdom and what unleashes his blessing and favor over your life. Today we're going to talk about prayer, and I've entitled today's message, Facial Recognition. 
facial recognition because my prayer for you is that by the end of this message and as you go into this week ahead, you will see God's face more clearly. You will understand how to pray because isn't it something that can be challenging no matter what stage you are in your faith journey, right? Because when you're beginning, you're trying to figure it out and that can be awkward. And after you've been growing with the Lord for a number of years, it still can be challenging because you can get into ruts and routines and and you want to unlock new levels of experience in your relationship with God, but you don't know how, how to keep it fresh, how to keep it real. And so I'm so excited about today's message as we talk about the second week of trending in Jesus' statement about prayer. The one that he made that didn't just last a short time or even a long time, his statement lasted two millennia. It trended for two millennia. And this this statement right here, I'm going to put it on the screen for you. Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. Come on, somebody say how. (laughs) That's right. This is how you should pray. And, And I love that it says there is a way to pray. Now, this is not a how that hinders your prayer, right? Like you could get it wrong and mess up because you know how it is with facial recognition. Sometimes you could have a dark room or you could get a wrong look at your phone, right? And then, and then it says access denied. Have you ever seen that on your phone? Access denied and didn't get the facial recognition right. And, and, and there's this kind of how of prayer that can, that can be almost hindering in our prayer life because we think, well, if I do it the wrong way, the wrong how, then then access denied. I, I don't get to come into God's presence. He doesn't answer my prayer. And we kind of have this misperception of what prayer is, is that if we do it wrong, like there's a wrong way to connect with God, then the result I want is not gonna happen. And, and I love what it says in God's word in Hebrews chapter four. Hebrews chapter four, verse 16 is such a powerful verse, one that you may wanna commit to your heart and come back to often. It says, let us approach, Approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Confidence. Approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Come confidently before God because you'll find that mercy and that grace that you're looking for. He wants you to come. He invites you to come in prayer. And I I really like that word confidence. I want you to think about what that means for your prayer life. He says, confidently come, like trusting that he'll receive you, that he wants you to come, that he's invited you, and that what will meet you there, even if you've been drowning in struggles and brokenness, when you come confidently and genuinely, humbly before the Lord, he will receive you with grace and mercy. That's that's who our God is. He wants you to come. And so inside that context of his invitation to come, there's a helpful how. There's a helpful how to pray. And, and Jesus said that training statement. He said, this then is how you should pray. There is a way to pray, a way to connect with God, a, a helpful way. I came across this quote by David Henry Thoreau. He said, that aim in life which is highest requires the highest and finest discipline. So in other words, if you, you are after a very large ambition in your life, if you have this great dream in your life, it's gonna require some significant discipline, some intentionality, some attention to details. Like It's really important that you approach it in a, different, in a disciplined way if you have a large mountain to climb. And, and I just ask of you today, what aim could be higher in life than the pursuit of God's presence in prayer? To see his face more clearly. What what aim in life could we have that would be greater than walking with the creator, the God of the universe in our everyday life? To walk closely with him and experience his presence in our life. Like what could be greater than that? 
And so today as we zoom in closer to this trending statement that Jesus made that has stood the test of time and helped countless people connect with God, we're going to look at the passage where that statement, that line of Jesus came from, that trending statement. It came out of Matthew chapter 6 and a conversation that Jesus had with some of his followers, trying to be helpful for them as they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And so we're going to begin in Matthew chapter 6 in this part of the message. In Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 6, Jesus says, but when you pray, notice he doesn't say if you pray. It's it's an assumed part of a Christian's life is that when you pray, that you will pray often, regularly, consistently, that it's a part of your daily life when you pray. Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. It speaks to the intimacy of prayer, that it's not for show, and he addresses that earlier in the chapter. You can read the whole thing. He talks about our generosity being between him, our our prayers being between us and him. It's not not for others to see, to be on public display. There's a time and place to pray in front of others uh, in a group setting or in in a church setting, but but most of your prayer life should happen between just you and God. It's it's between you and him. And and certainly you'll pray with your family and you'll pray with others. There's nothing wrong with that, but he says, you know, when, when you pray, To really pursue God, you need to get alone with him. Time alone with God. And and it says to pray to your father, this father in heaven, this loving father. You you think of the context of of a father and what that means in a family. The father is a a caregiver, a provider, someone who loves their children. Same thing for mothers. I mean, you you care for your kids. It's one of the reasons we're so thankful for you today on this special day of yours. You know, a loving parent, they they care for their children. And so in this prayer life, we're we're coming to a God who cares about us. Not a a distant dignitary, like not, not not a higher power, a personal loving God who is all powerful, but is ultimately very intimate in our lives. And so I love that. It's pray to your father in heaven. And then notice what it says. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. I want you to write this down. God seriously rewards genuine prayer. God seriously rewards genuine prayer. He really does. And and the rewards are abundant in prayer. I was just thinking of a few, and and I want you to just kind of for a moment think about what your favorite reward of prayer is. Here's some common ones answered requests and help in our time of need, increased love and joy and peace in our life, three of our greatest desires answered through prayer, an unshakable friendship with a God who will never leave us, a companion in life. If everyone else walks out on you, God ain't going nowhere. He's right there with you all the time. And then there's so many more benefits to prayer. I'd just be curious, what are your favorite reasons for praying? But this thing we know for sure that God rewards prayer. It goes on in verse 7, and he says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Verse 8, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, this verse is actually really helpful. You don't have to keep going on and on. God God knows what you need, so just just be straight up with him. Just ask him what you need. But this verse itself can can be confusing for some people, especially early in their faith journey, and they'll ask questions, right, to their pastor. Like, hey, why do I even need to pray if God already knows what I think? 
If he already knows what I need, why do I even need to ask him, right? Maybe you've thought of that before. It's, it's a fair question, right? Like, why, why ask God for something he already knows that I'm thinking? I just think it, and he knows, right? Why even pray? And, and, and although it's a good question, I think there's actually some really good answers, some better answers to that question. One is that uh, you, don't, you don't have to make it long and extensive, but you should ask for specific things. Because when you start to see specific answers to your specific requests, it's going to build your faith. So part of it is for you, right? As you ask God for specific things, you'll see specific answers and it'll build your faith. Also, God has told us in his word that he uses prayer. So in other words, there's certain things that will not happen in your life unless you pray. And usually pray diligently. Not a casual prayer. Not a just as extra insurance in case I can't do it myself. No, dependence on God, saying, God, I need you to break through in this situation. Many times with prayer and fasting, seeking God's face, saying, God, I need you to show up. There's certain things in your life that just will not happen without prayer. There's examples all over the Bible of people who prayed and God moved the mountains on their behalf. And so we know that for some reason, God in his sovereignty, meaning his, his in control of everything, God has chosen to use the avenue of what we call prayer, conversation with God, to bring God's power and presence into our world in a special way. At different times and seasons and moments in our life, prayer unlocks and unleashes God's great power. And, and you know, the other aspect of why we should pray, even if God already knows what we're thinking, is it's, it's one of the ways that we build a friendship with God. You know, next month, Jennifer and I are so blessed to celebrate 20 years of marriage. And, and I'm just imagining how my relationship would go if we hit that amazing Mark 20 anniversary. And, and I go to Jen, I say, hey, babe, you know, we've been together 20 years. And Jen, you're amazing. And, you know, we've had all these date nights and we've had all these times hanging out around the house. And I just feel like I know you so good that I don't think I'm going to really talk to you that much this next year because I already know what you're thinking. I can read your mind, girl, so I don't even need to ask you any questions. And so I'm, I'm just going to kind of do me and you do you, and we're going to be fine. Like, how many of you think I will make it to a 21st anniversary if I don't talk to my wife? Like, what kind of a relationship are we going to have? But do I kind of know what she's thinking most of the time? Yeah, we've been to, in fact, we've been dating for 23 years, so I know her, and she knows me. But as I talk with her, I learn new things. I grow in my relationship with her. And even though God knows what you think, by you talking to her, to him, you're building a friendship with him. You're growing closer to him in your, in your prayer life. And so there's a lot of benefits to talk to God, even though he does know what you already think. Matthew chapter 6, going back to verse 9. This is where we get this trending statement that we read earlier. Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. This is how you should pray. And he goes on with what we know of as the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What a powerful prayer. What an amazing prayer. You know, some have turned it into more of a routine, uh, a prayer ritual, you know, a mantra that they repeat and recite. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all, but I think God actually gave this to us more as a template and an outline for prayer to help us learn what prayer means because it was in the context of his disciples asking him, 
how do you pray to your Father in heaven? And Jesus himself would go out on the mountainside and he'd pray for a long amounts of time. And he wasn't just repeating the same prayer over and over and over again. I mean, he, he had a relationship. He had a conversation. In fact, you can read in John 17, he has this really lengthy and long prayer. So he prayed more than just these exact words. He was just helping them understand what it meant to connect with God and how to do that. And by the way, I think that's something that all of us could use a refresher on. We could use a little learning in this. What did he actually mean by these different statements? And man, they are powerful. They can unlock a richer relationship with God if you could understand a little bit deeper what he actually meant by these different statements. And so let's walk through them. They're really helpful. This, this first one, Matthew chapter 6, look at the end of verse 9. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Right, write this down. We begin with praise and thanks. We begin our prayer with praise and thanks. You have to begin this way all the time. That wasn't the point of this. But to help you see that this should be a part of your prayer life is to praise God for who he is. Praise him for what he's done in your life. Think about all the things he's done throughout history, throughout your history, all the things he's doing in your life right here and now, even if it's unseen. And here's what's amazing about God. You can praise the who God is, even when you don't experience the what you are praying for, right? The what in your life might not be what you want it to be right now. Your circumstances may be changing and not in a good way, but God is unchanging in his character. He's always been the same, past, present, future. You can depend on him, rely on his character. He's good. He is love. He is truth. All these amazing things about what we love about who God is, a God filled with grace and mercy, and that never changes, even though you and I change, even though our world changes, God never changes. And so we can always praise the who despite the what in our life. And so in your prayer life, it's good to learn to pray and depend on God. In fact, it's even better to pray with prayer of thanks and praise when you're going through a valley, when you're going through a hard time or unanswered prayer. It's probably even more important to praise God in those times because other times, if we don't, we can start to become bitter and entitled. Right? Like, it's like a, a spoiled child. Like, if God doesn't give me what I want when I want it, then, then all bets are off. And I'm not going to even pray. Some people have that mentality with, with prayer and with God. Like, if you don't give me what I want, if things don't go my way, if the what doesn't turn out, then I'm going to turn my back on the who. But when you can learn to praise God even in the valleys when things are not going well and declare his praises and thank him for the good things he has provided in your life, then it really does something inside of you. It unlocks new aspects of your prayer journey to learn to pray. In fact, you should look forward to praying to God even through the valleys because in those times you will find that God is closer than you can possibly imagine. We begin with thanks and we begin with praise. And, and one of the avenues of prayer is just to to recognize that there's so many times where God has protected us and provided for us the unseen blessings in our life. I came across this, this video recently of a Florida couple who were out on a walk with their dog. And something surprising. are changing your walking route right now. You're thinking, I ain't going to walk past those, those woods anymore. <laughs> That's crazy. Man, close call. But, but, but you know, there's so many times in your life that, that things happen, yet you're still here, 
right? Things could have happened, and God sovereignly protected you. He put his hand of protection up around your life, and, and we just need to thank God for that. One of the amazing aspects of prayer is just learning creative ways to thank God. And sometimes it's wandering in our minds to the different areas of our life and thanking him for the people and the, the places we've been and the things that we've been able to experience, right? And, and, and sometimes it's expressing thanks and praise in different ways. Sometimes it's putting on worship music and maybe a beginning part of your prayer life that maybe is lacking is just putting on some worship music and, and singing a song or two to God and just thinking about the lyrics and letting that wash over your life as you, as you maybe raise your hands and worship to God. Maybe just you and him just saying, God, I, I praise you for who you are. And, and even though I might not feel it right now, I'm gonna let my emotions catch up with the truth that my tongue is declaring in my praise. I'm gonna worship through the pain. I'm gonna praise right through the pain of my life. And, and, and when, when you start to do that, when you start to declare God's praises in the valleys of your life, you will find such closeness with God. And you, you know, there's so many other ways to praise God, right? Nature, getting out in God's creation, just praising him for your surroundings, maybe creatively pulling up different people's faces in, in front of you that you can actually see and praying for them and thanking God for them. Perhaps art, you want to draw if you're a real creative type or write a song. There's so many ways to give God praise, but bringing this in a fresh way into your prayer life, I'm telling you, it could do wonders for your prayers because this is how we begin. We, we begin by praising God. That's the foundation, who he is, for everything that we're going to ask him for and everything that we're thinking about. It's like, God, first of all, you're greatest, you're highest. I praise your name. It's how we begin with praise and thanks. And, and then from there, we, we move into other areas of prayer, and you can see that in Matthew chapter 6, if you look with me at verse 10. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So hallowed be your name. I'm praising God. And then I'm moving quickly to align my life with God's eternal kingdom. And if you think about it, every kingdom has a king. Right? Every, every kingdom has a king. It was funny the other day, my youngest daughter, she's like, oh, there's, there's still really queens in the world somehow the queen of england came up and it's like no yeah there's still legit queens and she kind of thought that was from past history like way back then and she's like no there's there's real queens not just like disney princesses there's like real real legit queens and 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 back in the day when this was written it wasn't just ceremonial kings and queens right there was kings that had real authority real power they ruled kingdoms and they, they commanded armies and and if you think about your king the kingdom of god if you think about your king and and the authority that he has. I love Psalm 103, verse 19. It says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all, over all things. That's the, that's the authority and the power of God. Think about the Great Commission. Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. And he commands us to go backed by his authority. So God has unmatched power. He has unquestionable authority in our lives. And so when I say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done, here's one of the things I'm doing in prayer. Maybe you want to write it down. Align with God's will and declare allegiance. I'm aligning my life with God's will. I'm pulled in all kinds of directions that the world would want to pull me in, but I'm realigning my life and saying, God, I want to live for your kingdom. I want to live for what's eternal, not what's earthly. And I'm, I'm pledging my allegiance to you first and foremost. You're my great king. I bow in authority to you. Maybe as you go into your room and, and you're spending time in prayer or maybe out in nature by yourself, maybe that's a time where you just want to bow down literally and physically in the presence of God and just say, you're the king. Maybe raise your hands to him. You, you say, God, I, I acknowledge and declare your greatness and authority in my life. And this is a great time to have a conversation with God about some of the things you see in your life and in the world. Your kingdom come, your will be done. 
God, when I look around at the kingdoms men are building in this world, it disturbs me at some of the things I'm seeing. God, when I hear the news reports of what's happening in our world, it bothers me because it seems like here in this world, people are living for a different kind of kingdom. And there's a different authority that they're submitting to. And it seems like the people are drifting further and further away from your truth. And that disturbs me. Or God, I see this in my family. Or I see this in my own heart, this brokenness that's there. And it's a time of where we bring all the depravity of the world to God and we set it at his feet and we say, God, I see this in the world, but although I'm in the world, I'm not of the world. I, I am of your kingdom, God. And so I want to align and get closer, realign with what really matters, your kingdom. Because as I get back into the world, as I leave this time of prayer and I go back to my job and to my family and in my neighborhood, God, I want to carry the kingdom of God with me into these places. I want to bring light into the darkness. I want good to overcome the evil, not the evil to overcome the good. And so it's a time where you can talk to God and just be real and say, God, here's, here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I'm experiencing. But God, I want my eyes to be fixed on you. So align with God's will and declare allegiance. It's a time of surrender is what this is. It's surrendering to his purpose, surrendering to his kingdom. Matthew chapter six, verse 11, it goes on to a third aspect that can really enrich our prayer lives. I like verse 11, it says, give us today our daily bread. And who doesn't need some daily bread, right? God, provide. Like here, Here's my needs. God, here's what's on my mind. Here's, here's what's, what's going on and, and where I need you to come and provide a solution to the problem that I have. And, and this, this question is, or this aspect of prayer is so helpful because there's always people on our mind. There's, there's people, where there's needs, whether it's conflict or someone we care about is going through a hard time. There's always events and issues coming at us, hitting our calendar, hitting our task list. There's problems abundant, right? Things that are breaking down or falling apart. It might be our health one day. It might be our vehicle the next day. It might be our finances or a marriage or a child. I mean, there's always things coming at us, right? So, so this aspect of prayer, I really like this because this is, this is where prayer gets real. It's like, God, here's what's coming at me today. I was playing basketball with my kids and some neighbor kids in the, out in the street in front of our house the other day and and we were, we were having so much fun shooting around. And, and, and one of my sons got up into this little tree fort that I had made out in front of our house. And he had his high-powered Nerf gun up there. And he's got these Nerf bullets. And he sees us out in, in the street playing. And, and he's just up there having the time of his life. He's just pegging us off. Just he's just shooting us and we're there playing basketball all of a sudden oh man what's going on we look up see him laughing up in the tree for he's having the time of his life just lighting up the whole neighborhood having so much fun but man we were trying to focus on the game but every every minute or two there's these nerf bullets like flying through the court so it was really distracting because you're trying to keep your eye on the basket but you're also not wanting to get your eye hit with a nerf bullet you know what i'm saying so you're just kind of like shielding your body while also trying to play the game and i feel like that's what life is like right you're trying to score points on the board for god you're like i'm trying to raise a godly family here i'm trying to have a career and provide for my family i'm trying to make a difference for you god and yet the enemy is always throwing stuff at us right there's these these bullets it seems like always flying into our life and things are breaking down and there's pain and betrayal and challenges and, and in the midst of all of these things that are coming at us what prayer does genuine prayer we we come at those things with the power of God and we say God here's what's coming at me and I'm bringing it to you in prayer and I'm saying God I need your help here's the need transparently God here, here's the need here's my ask and you can pray bold prayers. You can pray big prayers because really what is big to this great God that we serve? I mean, you're not gonna surprise him with the audacity of your prayers. In fact, if anything in scripture, it seems like that God is pleased with great faith, 
with great requests of him. You honor God when you ask great things of him. Because in asking something great of God, you're declaring in a way, God, I believe that you are able to do this big thing because you're a bigger God. And so when you bring big requests to God and specific requests, God, here's my need. It's amazing to see God work miraculously in your life. It's a powerful thing. And so this, this idea of bringing our needs and our dreams and our wants before God, is, it's clear all throughout Scripture. In fact, if you were to turn a page to Matthew chapter 7, you'd see this amazing statement that Jesus said. He said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Now the whole of this conversation in scripture is so clear. We, we first align our lives with the will of God and anything we ask according to his will, then, then he answers. And, and, and we know the fuller conversation. It might not always be the answer we want or in the timing we want, but if you ask, you'll receive. You'll get an answer. Like, seek God, ask him, he provides. And, and Jesus goes further to press this point in case there was any question. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. This, this whole conversation is like, look, like God loves you and it, you love your kids. Mother's, is, Mother's Day, I mean, you love your children. You, you would do anything for them. And think about how much more your Father in heaven loves you. And you would give good gifts to your kids, right? You wouldn't, they ask for something good, you wouldn't give them something evil. And so how much more if you ask for something good from God, will he not deliver something better than you can imagine into your life? And again, it may look different than what you're asking for, but you know it's gonna be better. If it's different, it's better. Because God's timing is better than yours. And God's planning is better than yours. And God's provision is better than yours. And God's wisdom is better than yours. So come to him and say, God, I submit to your will. But here's the request I'm bringing before you. And, and here, here's the point of all that. Ask our Father for help and ask him for wisdom. Ask him for help for what you need and also wisdom because you'll usually be a part of the solution, the answer to your prayer. So God, help me know what you want me to do. God, please provide strength, provide provision. Here's my request. Matthew chapter six, verse 12. We've covered a lot of ground here, but the prayer has a little bit more to it. It says, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. This is where we're bringing those offenses in our life that, that add up over time. All the cuts, the nicks, the bruises that happen through just living life. And we bring those to God and we release others. We give up the right to revenge. We talk to God about that. We say, God, you know what? This really hurt the other day. This, this comment that was made, this, this issue in, in, in my life and in this, this specific person and what they did, God, I, I release them. I forgive them. It was wrong what they did and I, I, I feel... I feel wronged, but God, I turn that over to you. You're the judge. It's not for me to take revenge. God, I turn that over to you, and I, I ask you to make things right, and, and, and you're just, God. And so I, I, I just put this situation in your hands. And, and, and then also it's asking God for forgiveness. And this shouldn't be a ritual. It shouldn't be, God, forgive me of all my sins and, you know, just kind of a thing that you just work in each and every day just to kind of cover a catch-all just in case you miss something. It should be a, a conversation like, God, I, I didn't get this right the other day. You know, I was really impatient and, and man, I, I, I got upset at my, my child, and I, I, I let him have it. And, God, I, I, sh I should have controlled my tongue. I should have I, I said that differently. And, and, God, forgive me. I, f I failed in that area. And, God, there's so many times you could have let me have it, and you didn't. You were merciful, and I should have been more merciful. So, God, I pray, I pray for your forgiveness. Help me get that right next time. 
I mean, I think that's more the, the heart of it. More than a ritual, God just kind of cover everything and forgive everything in certain words. It's, it's, it's not about the specific way that you pray for forgiveness. It's the heart behind it. Like, God, forgive me for not getting that right. Help me next time. And then it goes on to this final aspect of this prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. It says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know, this is such a, an amazing part of prayer that I think so many people miss out on because we're, we're, we're praying too late in the process. Let, let me explain by drawing a picture here. And I'm not claiming to be a great artist, but I'm hoping this will be really helpful for your prayer life. So all of us understand what it means to have uh, a current in our life, right? The, the current in our life is, is temptation, okay? And so that's, that's always going. The, the devil's always trying to pull you off this, this cliff, this, this waterfall, the point of no return, and smash you into the rocks, right? He would love nothing better than to see your life get sucked down the current towards sin and, and then be shattered on the rocks of life. Like he would love to ruin your marriage. He'd love to ruin your faith. He'd love to ruin your family, your future hopes and dreams. He'd love to ruin all of that because he's trying to get at God. And so he's doing that by getting at what God loves, which is you. And so he's always trying to pull you down this river over the falls into the rocks. And what happens in prayer when we pray about sin and temptation, you know, here, here Jesus said, lead us not into temptation. A lot of us, we, we pray when we're already stuck in temptation. We're, we're, we, we've already made some poor choices and we are floating down that river and we're saying, God, I don't, even, I don't know if I can get out of this. And, and most people, I think, actually probably pray when they realize they have no other hope. <laughs> they, they, they've been just kind of going with the flow and they see those rocks and they realize there's nothing they can do and they're like, God, help. Just kind of a, a last minute effort, like, God, please, just, just save me. And, and, and listen, if you're headed for the rocks, what better to do than pray? I, I'm, I'm not saying don't pray if you're headed to the rocks. You should pray, right? It might be the only thing that you can do. But what's better than praying when you're headed towards the rocks is when you see the current, when it comes into your visual line of sight, lead us not into temptation. Lord, help me stay far away from the bank of this river because I know that that current's strong and I've seen what that can do to other people. And so God, I'm, I'm over here and I'm seeing it. Maybe there's a draw towards it. Maybe there's a temptation. Maybe it's just I'm aware of that. So, God, I'm, I'm praying, not only just for myself, but those I care about in my life. God, just help us to stay far away. Lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into that current because, God, we don't want to end up down here. And so one of the ways that you can pray this way, it's just it's so helpful. It's just a, a three-part prayer that will really enrich your prayer life. And you could say it in your own way, but something like this, God, I see, or God, I feel, or God, I'm thinking. And, and it's just what, it's coming into your line of sight. God, this is, this is what I see, okay? In my own life or lives of people I care about, in, in my children's life, this is what I see. I'm, I'm really concerned about the, the era that they're being raised in and the things that are being taught. It's just really disturbing. God, this is what I see, right? Lead us not into temptation because, God, I see this. The second part is, but I know. Lord, I see, but I know, right? I, I see the lies of the enemy, but I know your truth, God. And then the final part of it is, so please help. Right, so, so I see this, God, but here's what I know based on your word, your truth. And, and, and as you declare that truth, that's it's good for you, but you're also declaring to God. So, so God, I see this, but I know it's true. And so I'm asking you to help. Be because I see this stuff going on, because I see this temptation, God, I'm asking you before I get 
get into it. I'm saying, God, lead me not into to temptation because I know that, 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 that sin leads to death. I, I know that there's nothing good for me there. God, I, I don't want that in my life. I don't want it in my family's life. I don't want to be around that. So God, lead me not. God, help me stay far away from that riverbank. God, help me put appropriate distance in my life from the things that can bring destruction. And so in your prayer, God, here's what I see. Here's what I know. Please help me make wise decisions. Lead me not into to temptation. Here's ultimately what you're asking. Seek discernment in God's guidance. In prayer, I'm seeking discernment. God, help me discern my way through this life and guide me in your ways because your ways are better. Now, we've talked about a lot of aspects of prayer, and God's word is filled with so much great teaching on prayer. So many great books authored on prayer. If, if you want to learn and grow more, go after it. If you seek it, you'll find, right? You, you'll, you'll learn to be better in prayer and grow more in prayer and experience more in prayer. But I want to challenge you to keep this plan specifically close to your heart. And in fact, if you lose these notes today, I hope you hold on to the notes that you took. But if, if you lose them, you can always go back to the plan. It's right there. The Lord's Prayer is in the Bible. You can, you can find it. It's, it's always there in Matthew chapter 6. Just pull it out and just go through piece by piece and think about the different aspects of prayer. And are you including that, incorporating that in your prayer life to keep it fresh? Experiment. I want to encourage you to experiment with prayer and try some new things. If you've been in ruts and routines, there's nothing like bringing freshness to your prayer life by trying something new. Maybe you want to try praying through Scripture. Instead of having your Bible time and your prayer time separate, just, just start praying through some, through some things, specifically in the Psalms. Maybe read a few verses and then pause and pray about what you read and declare those things to God. Maybe you want to journal out your prayers. Maybe just try to write it out. If you've never done that before, it really helps get some things out that you might have not thought to say, but you think more intentionally when you write. Um, pray with some others. Get, get in a group setting and, and pray with others, and you learn from others' prayer how they talk to God. And it unlocks for you some opportunities for you to pray to God in new ways. But, but here's what I'm trying to say. Establish a prayer rhythm. That's the final lesson. Establish a prayer rhythm. You need a rhythm of prayer. Not a routine, not a rut of prayer, but you need a rhythm of prayer in your life. It's going to flex and flow with your schedule, with your time, but it needs to be consistent. And you need to think through, like, what is my prayer rhythm? Maybe it's the first thing I do when I wake up. I check in with my father before I check even my phone. Maybe it's in the middle of your day. Maybe it's right before you go to sleep at night. Hopefully it's a little bit of all of that and some spontaneous prayers throughout the day. It's just walking with God throughout your daily life, talking to your father who cares about you. Establish a prayer pattern. And I was thinking in closing here about being Mother's Day and how when I went off to college, you know, it's going to be a unique experience for me because I, my whole life, all 18 years, I was raised around my mom and my dad, and they were a big part of my life, my two younger brothers, and now I was going to go off and, and wasn't going to be around them. And, and, and I so looked forward to checking my college mailbox because every single week, my mom was so faithful. She would, she would write these letters to her son in college, and just she would include Bible verses. She was praying for me and just the good things she wanted for my future and just how she missed me and updates on the family. And, and I don't even remember any of the specific words that she said other than I love you, but the theme of all of it was that she cared about me. And moms, it's Mother's Day. You have such a sacred role that God has given you to invest in your children. And, and you should have intentional conversations with them to teach them God's word and God's ways. And, and, and listen, your, your words spoken to them, written to them, it will make such an impact on their souls. But there's few things that any parent can do that will have greater weight in your child's future than to pray for them and to teach them to pray. And most importantly, to model prayer. Because as you pray, it's going to have an immediate impact and a long-term impact on their future. So mom, thank you for your prayers for me. And for all of those of you who mothers and fathers who are praying for your, your kids, listen, thank you. Those prayers are making a difference. So keep praying. 
pray for your children, pray for their future spouses, pray for God's blessing over their life. But most of all, make sure you're modeling what it means to really have a close relationship with your loving Father in heaven. There's no greater gift that you can give to your world other than your personal relationship with God. Right on, right on. Let's pray. Father, we want you to be near to us. We, we want you to be closer to us. And God, we know that you're not far away. You're not distant from us. You're, you're right here. It says where two or three are gathered together, you're, you're there among us. And so God, we're so thankful for that. We're thankful that we can come before you at any time and bring our requests before you. And, and God, I pray that you would help us to learn more what it means to talk with you in prayer, just to be ourselves and to share what's going on in our lives, to pray about the temptations and to pray about the problems, to praise you for who you are and to thank you for what you've done. God, we, we want to just have this genuine connection with our loving Father. But God, we confess that so many times we've got it wrong because we have neglected our walk with you. Or God, we've, we've made it too much about a religious routine instead of a life-giving relationship. And so God, wherever we're at with that, we know that there's more for us than what we've been experiencing. We, we know that. No matter how long we've been walking with you, we know that there's more that we can experience, more things to enjoy in you through prayer. And so God, I'm praying for our church family this week ahead that some of these lessons that we talked about just would come alive in our prayer life, that we would set aside purposeful time to establish a prayer rhythm and find new hope and direction and comfort in our walk with you. God, I pray that you would help us as we take a step closer to you. May we see that, God, you're already there meeting us. You're already drawing near to us. And so, God, I pray this week that whatever the barriers are from, from us to you in our prayer life, that remove those barriers so we can move closer to you and become more like you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Wow, what a great day it has been together. And, you know, I hope that God really spoke to you during that time of worship and message. In fact, if you happen to make a commitment during today's service, please go ahead and scan that code uh, so that we can get connected with you. You know, you may be saying, I wish I was more connected here at CE. You can scan that code or subscribe is even better because then you'll know what's going on. Uh, but we also have a website, an app, uh, social media. You can catch us at all those places. No matter how you do it, we would love to connect with you. And I can't wait to see you again next service.